Welcome back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 126, if you choose to accept it, because we're talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Melissa, this is kind of a, a long time coming for, for yes. us uh, with this. On, on one of our uh, other podcasts, we covered all the way up through fallout but that was like two years ago three years ago no that was a long time ago that was Four in like 2019 <laughs> that was january wow, yeah. 2019 i just re-listened to this episode it's so quaint like the audio my audio is not great you sound fine we spend most of the time talking about how my camera isn't working again i think you looked fine <laughs> <laughs> and we did not put enough respect on the name of Rogue Nation at that time. I've watched it again. Rogue Nation's fantastic. So Absolutely. Yeah. You may go back and listen to the review show episode 39 with those caveats. Ooh, yeah, that's an early one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very um, early. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here and talk about this. This whole time we've been like eventizing us going to the theater, yeah. bought my tickets, I'm gonna go see it in IMAX. Oh my god, all this stuff. So I'm super excited. My name is Kyle Springer. I'm joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Yes. Melissa, what was your experience like seeing Mission Impossible? I've seen it twice now. <laughs> there was enough Great. in the first time I saw it that I knew I wanted to see it again. I was planning on it anyway, because the first time I saw it was in a digital IMAX theater. But then I had the opportunity to see it in like a real film projection IMAX theater at our local science museum. Mm -hmm. So I did it twice. And the second time I had a lot that I could know to look out for. Part of the excitement of this movie with it being a part one of two is that there's a lot that's unresolved at the end of the movie, which gives my brain like mysteries to chew on. Sure. Like yeah. in the days since I've watched the movie, I've thought about it more than like any other movie I've seen so far this year. <laughs> like there's how, puzzles how I have to figure out now. What right? else could he jump off of? <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Um, yeah, I've I've only seen it one time. I got to see it in IMAX as well. It was a digital um, one, so it was not the, the full grand true uh, IMAX. Um, we went to it was the same theater that we went to when you were in town and we went mm -hmm. to the 4DX showing of Bullet Train. Um, and it was it, it was interesting because I. I didn't mind the theater we were in. It was a big screen. There was big old stadiums seats, but they were older seats. Oh. So they weren't as comfy, but the movie drew me in so much that I really didn't care. The thing that didn't make it the best experience for my partner and I was the row in front of us was a group of guys uh, that multiple times people had to come and be like, that's my seat. You're in my seat. Oh, no. And so they like all moved down that way and then they all moved down that way and then they all moved down the other ah! way. And it, it happened like three times. And it was just like, guys, this is a sign seating. How do you not know what seats you ha have? Um, on top of that, they were all talking 
They were like taking their shoes off and putting their feet up on like the seats in front of them. <laughs> they had their phones on. No. This one guy was answering calls in the start and on speaker. Excuse you. Are yeah. you a spy? Yeah. And <laughs> what are you I, doing that's so important? I was the one that spoke up and I was like, get off your phone. Like, Brave. what are you doing? Um, and they, they thankfully it kind of quieted down a, a bit. But he's sitting there like with his phone up to his ear on speaker. I wanted so bad to just reach over and hit the end call button. I think <laughs> that would have been hilarious. But um, you have been disavowed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this message has self-destructed. The- <laughs> <laughs> Both of the showings I went to had a lot of older people, mm. which was kind of charming to think that, like, if you were 40, when the first Mission Impossible came out, you are now around since living large in retirement in your 60s. Just the idea that there are people yeah. who have followed this franchise for maybe decades of their life uh, right. it was very yeah. touching. Um, but d- despite this row of guys in front of us that were uh, a little obnoxious, um, I had a great time. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think something that's interesting that that I think pe- people should know going in, especially if you're hesitant or if you have not kept up with the franchise, is I think this movie is very accessible to you. Um, I think so. They, yeah, I, I think Mission Impossible Fallout, the one before this, is kind of the culmination of everything that mm-hmm. came before it, especially movies three through five. Um and this one kind of seems to start anew. Uh, they 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 kind of move on past some of that stuff, uh, as well as everything is just they make sure to explain everything very yeah. clearly multiple times so that, you know, OK, this is a key. It unlocks something. Right. Yes. We're trying to find that lock. That's what we're doing. Mm. Um, yeah, and I I. I like that a lot because of how accessible it is, but I also really like Mission Impossible Fallout because it does not do any of that. It is mm-hmm. it is the, the the most like we're, we're going to use technical jargon and spy craft and all this stuff and in the weeds. And you have to be following it to really understand what is happening exactly. Um, so if you were kind of worried about that, of like, am I jumping in on stuff? Will I know what's happening? I think you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I so. think the visual storytelling is one of the best aspects of this movie. Everything that is important, even if it's only temporarily important for like one set piece or like one plot point that is concluded and then the story moves on. Everything is portrayed to you very clearly. If it's supposed to stand out, it will stand out. It's yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they they did a, a, a good job, I think, of explaining things and also not making it annoying that they're just. Yeah. Graphing everything right of just like this is what we're doing. Here's why exactly, we're doing yeah. it. <laughs> like um, the first time you see the keys, you don't realize those are the MacGuffins of the entire movie. When you first see them, they look distinct, like they do stick out in your brain. And later you realize why they were designed the way they were designed and shot the way they were shot. Yeah. 
uh so, so uh, spoiler free is there what, what what was what did you think <laughs> i mean it's sounds had, like we both really really really, yes. really enjoyed it this has so much going on in it i think the stakes are higher and sort of more personal and more invasive in a way that they haven't been before for a series that constantly has to raise the stakes this one is raising it in a bit more of a specific way. And it's also got a, a lot of real clown antics to it. <laughs> like the, sure. There's a surprising amount of this movie is close-up magic tricks. There's a tiny car. <laughs> I'm not yes. kidding when this movie has real I, clown energy to it. I will say that this is also maybe the funniest of, yes. of the Mission Impossible's. <laughs> Yeah, I, there, like the, there's, there's a gag where these people have been in them. Yes, this I th- and I, I still wouldn't say this is a comedy, but uh, still, I, I think I laughed the most at this one. Yes, um, <laughs> there's a joke where these agents are trying to find Ethan and they're chasing him through this whole airport. And finally, they think they've caught up to him. And it's a shot looking at the agents and they're like, where is Hunt? And you see <laughs> Ethan Hunt running across the glass roof over them. <laughs> right b- behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought this was great. I think, yeah, the stakes are raised appropriately. They, they, they continue the, the story in a way that I think makes sense. Uh, the the impossible mission found the impossible mission force the impossible mission foundation sounds like a, a charity. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Tom Cruise, for donating <laughs> to my eyeballs this movie. Uh, my <laughs> eyeballs, aka the impossible mission foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I think. The impossible mission force has always kind of been this mysterious agency that doesn't really have much context in the world as we know it. They just kind of exist and we don't see anything else. Um, And I think with fallout uh, and even rogue nation, when we start to get (laughs) when we start to get British intelligence uh, in that. Um, I think when we start to actually see the secretary who could disavow them, when we get Kittredge back, who was in the very first mm-hmm. one, he was the one a couple weeks ago that I was yes. like, his delivery, his performance feels a lot like um, uh, what's his name? A- in the Agent, Matrix. Smith. A- A- Agent Smith. Yeah, there's I, a certain I heard cadence. another person say this. It's not just you. I was listening to like interesting. I, I've been listening to like film podcasts about these. I've been listening to Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. I've tried to do a little research this week. Um, and and so yeah, like they, they it it feels like they kind of expand the intelligence community in a way that they really are like, well, what do we do with these people? He he seems to keep going rogue. Uh, <laughs> what is happening here? And he, like he's destroying things. He's jumping off. Things. He just is this like one man army. Um, mm-hmm. And what do we do about him? Can we control him? Can we stop him? Uh, and that is one of the central questions of this movie um 
And uh, yeah, I, I, I liked that. I loved the stunts. Um, did to see them on the big screen is just inc- incredible. Yeah, it's so loud. It's so. I mean, I I I have to say that when they're on a train, uh, there's one, yes. one scene you've probably seen it in the trailers and 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 stuff, stuff like that. Um, the the train whistle. Oh my god, so loud. <laughs> I I bought specific earplugs to go see this after I saw Fast Ten in IMAX and I remarked that it was a little too loud, like far louder than other movies I go to. My friend who's a big concert goer recommended loop earplugs to me and they work (laughs) great. You can still hear everything very clearly. It just knocks off a couple decibels. Interesting. Interesting. Um, But yeah, I I had a great time. My, my only kind of complaint, um, which is not much of, of, of one is I think, these movies, especially Fallout and this one here, Dead Reckoning, feel like a movie in four parts um, mm. where you, you think the third act is going to kind of be the end and it can almost be the emotional end. Like it, yeah. it feels like you're on that trajectory and you hit and then you do one more little, more little skip and that's the like fourth and final act, mm-hmm. um, which I don't mind right because they're so fun to watch but i i think it it might be a little little long for some people or it might have this like false ending to it at at Mm -hmm. one point you're like oh wait there's more and it's like yes there's like 40 minutes more (laughs) after after this um but yeah that's my like my one complaint i wish that that trajectory was a little bit smoother um Mm -hmm. But this was fantastic. I liked it a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I had a very, very good time. Uh, and like I said, it's really lived in my head. There's a lot of movies I go see. I have a great time in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And then like 48 hours later, like it's not really on my mind anymore. But this has been. This I continue to puzzle over. Yeah. Uh, last thing I will say is on that that note, Evie, even though this is a part one it does feel like there is an ending to this. Yes. It is not left so up in the air at the end that you're just like, oh, really? It don't end. Yeah. Like, when's the next one? Com- Two years from now? It's, it's compared not Compared to, yeah, compared to Fast 10 and uh, Across the Spider-Verse, this does feel more like a cohesive whole. Yeah. Um, I, I would say across the spider verse also felt like a, like this is a I, good thing, but it left it not, in a status not, quo that yeah. is right. Not, yeah. I mean, like I went to see across the spider verse with my older brother who loves the first movie, but was not in tune enough to the world of film to, to know. know this was a part one. And when it just stops, he was very mad. This lets you know, like up at the top, this is a, it part does say part one, one very clearly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess none of the other part ones this year have done. Yeah. Uh, well, with that, I say we get into spoilers and stuff so we can start talking about this a little bit more in depth. Bam, there we are. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start with, with this one? There's a lot like there's a (laughs) lot we could tackle. But for me, the biggest question is, do you think Ilsa is dead? 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I could see yes. Um, I, 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 I can see yes. I, I think they gave her a proper emotional arc to her story. Um, I, I, yeah, like that was the like end of the third act. Like that could almost be the end of the yeah. movie when she dies and the bad guy wins, right? Um, I, like I, I can see that because I, I, I think it's, it's different. I mean, we also did have uh, the other Faust in the in the James Bond movies. Uh, what's his his name? Felix, uh, right? Oh, Isn't Felix Leiter. Is his name Leiter? I thought I thought it was also Jeffrey Faust. Wright. That's Felix Leiter. What's Felix Faust? Why am I mixing? I is that some like cat <laughs> comic or something? I don't know. <laughs> Felix the I don't cat. know what that is. Good this Lord. is a comic book you um, have read and I have not. I don't know who I, Felix I, I, is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like he he is kind of that counterpart to James Bond and he also okay. had an emotional ending in a, 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 a recent James Bond movie. So I can see them doing something similar because that character has always felt like a tip of the hat to him. Um, but I, I don't know. That is the thing of like, it could be someone wearing a mask. It could be that they're still alive somehow. Uh, we don't know. And that's the thing of like dead reckoning part two. She comes back yes. and this was all yes. a, a ploy to, uh, get people where they wanted them and stuff like that. Um, but I, th I think that would cheapen the emotional stakes. I am big team. Ilsa's still alive somewhere. This is another reason why I'm like, I have to see this again before we record. Like, there's stuff I want to track. Sure. Because this whole movie, like I said, it's close up magic. It's hiding things. It's moving things. It, I think it thematically fits what we've seen set up in this movie. It thematically fits stuff we've seen in previous movies. And I've listened, I like watched a, a video. I like, I like listen to a couple podcasts. I've heard other people talk about this movie and they're like, it's weird that the movie just sort of biffed Ilsa's death. Like she's been pretty important the last couple movies. And we like, don't get like a real goodbye scene. Like she doesn't say anything to Ethan. It doesn't seem like her death impacts the rest of the story from that point forward. Like, I guess she could come back. And I, I am big. I think they hmm. faked her death. Now I don't know how, and I'm not sure so how they Sherlock's would have known to situation. Yes, yes. Uh, but like it, with the Reichenbach fall, Sherlock is like pre preparing to fake his death for specific reasons. Here, it's trickier for me to piece together how they would know to plan ahead to fake Ilsa's death, like in far enough in advance that they would need to do so. So I don't, I don't have it logistically planned out. For her. What if she faked it for herself no here's what i'm saying here's here's my major pieces of evidence welcome okay. to my tad talk the <laughs> the movie starts with an ilsa death fake out where you think she has been shot in that uh ambush there in the desert like sandstormed mm -hmm. out remnants of a city 
And then you find out that Ethan just killed this assassin who was after Ilsa and like swapped their clothes. Uh, so we already have it set up. They also up had that a wig she, that they put on on it. So I don't know where they got I, the <laughs> wig, but it's I there. thought that was like that lady's hair. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but we've already had it set up that we faked Ilsa's death once. And he went and that wasn't just for the audience. He had it impressed upon Kittredge and everybody else. She's dead. Right, and what yeah. he tells her is you're dead. Go, go be dead. <laughs> and then she just sort of finds him later, which is also something Kittredge says to Ethan is there's a pattern between you two. You're always getting her out of trouble. And then she gets herself back in like she finds Ethan later. She's like in the truck mm-hmm. with Benji and Luther that comes to pick him up. And then when the final thing Ethan says to her before this big chase scene through the streets of Vienna where she ends up dying, the final thing he says to her while they're still in the club is run, run Run as far as you can. Like I watch the scene, like when he finds her body after she's been stabbed, there's like, I know it's a PG 13 movie, but we don't see any blood. Uh, you know, there's not like a final look they share. There's not a final word. Like it is sort of really brief and glossed over when he finds her body. Like it really feels like something is missing in that scene where if this was a real death scene, even for characters who haven't had the level of importance, like Alec Baldwin had like a whole speech he got to give when he died in fallout. Like there've been other characters who've died in previous movies who had more of a, a real death scene or final connection or something like that. And that's missing. That makes sense. And after they take and in the aftermath scene where Grace is back at that like little base they've set up, she's talking to Luther and she says, Ilsa died for me. And Luther says, no, you're alive because of her. That's the truth. Which feels like such it's, a coded it's, statement. Right. It's it's a non it, it, it's it's true, but it's also you're like dancing around some wording yes. here. Yes. I think that that sentence was worded very specifically. Don't think about Ilsa being dead. Just think about Grace being alive. So I think I think it was like the main four. I think Ethan, Ilsa and Ethan and Benji and Luther know what's going on. Grace doesn't. I think this is a secret they are keeping among the four of them, uh, possibly as as some sort of a show for the entity. Yeah. Like, you, you never know where there could be a camera hiding anywhere. So that's why, like, Ethan's out there on the, the balcony of the building where he had that nice moment with Ilsa. Who knows if there's a security camera from anywhere pointed at him? Like, they're all... And I don't want to act like they're mourning just as an act. I am sure that... Ilsa probably is injured. They probably have no idea if they are ever going to see her again. There is a certain mourning for Ilsa as the agent that she was and as the for the relationship that they had with her. It's not entirely a facade. There is something really there to be sad about. But I think that's a very loaded line. And you think back to Julia in Mission Impossible 3. There's a scene mm-hmm. where the villain like shoots Julia and then you find out that was a mask. That's somebody else wearing a Julia mask. And then throughout all of Ghost Protocol, you think Julia died. And then you find out, no, they faked her death so that nobody would come after her. Everybody would believe she's truly dead. Yeah, I think they're just doing that same thing again. I think it's a repeating pattern. So 
like we started the movie with one Ilsa death fake out that involved like a disguise. Like we you know, put her clothing on somebody else. And now yeah. we're going for a longer term. You're going to believe she is dead. We are, gotcha. She's hiding okay. somewhere. Okay. I, I really believe that's what's going on. I really believe she's coming back in part two. I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to say I'm unconvinced, but I'm just unsure. Right. Uh, that was not even something I thought about really until you mentioned it here. Um, <laughs> but I, like, I, I don't know, like that. I, I feel like that is kind of part of the stakes and I, I yeah, who knows? We will see. I have I, n- and, nothing else to say and, on that, I, I guess. <laughs> and it is something that the series has <clears throat> has done before to make you think somebody's dead and then they're not. I understand sure, that yeah. that is a card you can only play a certain amount of times. But with this one stretching across two movies, uh, it may be a, a grander plan, a, a more intricate plan and a greater reveal for this one. Maybe they're making this yeah. one the granddaddy of all surprise that person's not dead yeah um which i appreciate because yeah i i i I like that they can now kind of do that with these two movies they they can set up some some things in one movie that pay off in the next one whereas they've they've done that to a much smaller scale with the other movies like each one is kind of its own story but there's a few things that you know trail over um but uh i i think i have to give a shout out to uh palm clementif uh in this i loved her um she she plays mantis in the mcu she's one of the villains uh in 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 here and she is just having a blast with all of this she is driving this big mrap truck that is just crushing cars and moving everything yes. out of its way as she just goes full steam ahead and the, the way she emotes with her face yeah and just how excited she is how big she can open up her mouth and just laugh and scream and do all of this stuff <laughs> is it's so engaging it's 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 just holy shit she is having fun wow i do not want to come across her <laughs> like right th- she's man, such she a so specific good. threat yes she's incredible in this her character is quiet like she rarely speaks uh she she speaks enough that i wouldn't say she's the strong silent type but she really a lot of it is just like wordless emoting and with such specific little facial maneuvers, like the first time you see her, she's like glaring mm-hmm. at Ethan from like across the city square and she like twitches one nostril. Like, I don't know how you even Amazing. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was skilled. And like whenever she speaks, it's in French, which is interesting. She's, she's a like, French actress. Like that's where I she's did learn that. From, yeah. yeah. Which is very so. cool. I her, her character's name is Paris. We really don't know anything about Paris, like why Paris is working for Gabriel, if it's purely a matter of of money or of something else. Uh, I really like that this character survived to the end of the movie and that we couldn't see her again in the next one and like learn a little bit more about her and how she fits into this world. 
She's a lot of fun. And like I yeah. said, this is part of where the clown energy comes from. Just <laughs> like the wordlessness, the big emotive actions. I and love the cramped fight in that alleyway. We've seen hallway fights. I like that this one's like, let's smush it in. You only have like that's two awesome. feet yeah. on any side of you. And there's a gate at either end of this alleyway. You're in such a confined space right. for that one fight. And that's pretty cool. This is kind of what I was talking about when we had discussed all of the Fast and the Furious movies. Is that at some point it feels like... It much more so in Fast and the Furious, but it feels like they got a checklist of like we could do cars on ice, cars on sand, cars on the <laughs> East Coast, cars on mm. West Coast, cars on this country, cars on right? ham, cars right? on yeah. eggs. <laughs> um, and this almost feels like it's starting to do that. Uh, I, I don't think it it truly feels like a checklist of like, OK, now he jumps off a building. Now he jumps off a plane. Now he jumps off of this thing. Right. Um, it is more like what would be an interesting set piece that would make for a good fight that is different from everything else that we've done. And it's like, what about this super cramped space that only is like yeah. one person wide? Just this hallway yeah fight scene that you might see in like old boy or dare devil but they can't swing left to right mm. they have to go mm -hmm. like up and down yeah. and stuff and stuff like that and i think that's it's an interesting constraint uh to to make that that fight more like more challenging and visually interesting in a sense right because it's it's mu it's much more cramped um and that's not what we're used to seeing on these big like he jumps off the tallest building in the world and it's great IMAX shot. Right. And it's this mm -hmm. like just open yeah. space. And here it is just this super small right. claustrophobic I, thing. I like that the movie can go big and can go small. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, speaking of small, there is a car chase in here that I loved uh he 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 has this like super spy app to find him a new car <laughs> which is i love dumb that the ridiculous. options are do you need a safe house a safe car or a safe boat right yeah uh and he picks a safe car and it is like okay the next one is down the street and over here and he like hits the button to like honk, honk the thing and it's this little fiat 500 this just little small like punch buggy style car like, bright um, yellow looks like they're just driving a hunk of cheese around right yeah <laughs> and they they're handcuffed together they can't get in the car the way they want to do it's cramped again um I <laughs> and it is this long it is this like mouse chasing a a, a yes! thing of moving cheese right like just around ah! the city they're they're trying to drive Haley at well is is trying her best to just like let me do the stunts like i that was one thing that i th thought of in this is like i know tom does most of his stunts right do, does that mean Haley had to do all of these stunts because she's handcuffed to him Seems in all like of these it. things? Yeah. And then I, I happened to see some article somewhere where that was like doing stunts with Tom Cruise on set was terrifying. Um, so I, I 
figured they were talking about her, but uh, <laughs> or that's something she was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> um, I love she's that driving they... around. And this is where the, the funniest scene yes. comes in. But please continue. You were no, about I... to say something to keep her from getting away. Like he like handcuffs the two of them together, but in such a way that they, she has to drive a European car. Like she's the one who's on the left. So like either she has to drive and she's like, not up to it. You know, we don't learn. There's not a line about like, Oh, I, I lived in London. I took the tube everywhere. I don't know how to drive. Like she just doesn't like want to, isn't good at it. So either she has to do it or he has to do it. And she has to like weirdly have her arm like across his lap so that he can have like his arm that's handcuffed to her arm. Like there's no good way to do it. And like that at one point, the little car, like they have to drive down all these stairs. There's a baby they have to avoid. (laughs) The classic get out of the way of the baby carriage bit. The car like twists and turns and flips over. And then they're suddenly on the opposite side of the car. It's yeah. They they, like don't know how they switched in the midst of the car rolling over. Um, And they're just like, what? How did we get here? Um, It's it's the it's the same set piece that Fast Ten did with the rolling Mm -hmm. bomb towards the Vatican. It's those same steps. It's yeah. Um, We're still in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. What a year for driving in Rome. Yeah, it it makes me never want to go there. They go back to the the uh, I don't even know (laughs) Rome too dangerous (laughs) called. Yeah, the set piece that uh, again Fast and the the Furious went to. John Wick went to. John Wick was in Paris, but it's a similar like really tricky roundabout. Yeah, I I I I got you. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's so much fun to watch. That car chase is really funny. Uh, just the the antics that go on with that is ridiculous uh, when they they finally like the the MRAP crashes and stalls and the the other car, car like they're they're in there being like, OK, what do we do? OK, well, we need to turn around and they try like hitting on the gas and it's too much and they're spinning. They're doing donuts and it looks like this little small car just celebrates celebrating like haha i can't catch me <laughs> oh, the car is and, a mind of its own right yeah and i like i'm sitting here i'm like is this herbie like w- what yeah. is happening here um <laughs> it's it's so dumb but it's so funny um yeah i i i had a blast with that I, um i love the cap to the end of that sequence which is where they drive backwards down a tunnel into like a train track uh, Grace is able to like unhook the handcuffs with a paper clip, just handcuffs Ethan to the steering wheel while she escapes. He has to like let a train hit the car to get enough momentum to like break the steering wheel off of the car because he can't like uncuff himself. And then you see him just walking around the streets, like holding the steering, <laughs> steering wheel, wheel that he is handcuffed to. <laughs> it's it's so pathetic. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Um, I like that Ethan gets these real, like a handful of these real sad sack moments. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, the things I do for the world, the things right. I do for love. Um, I like that he gets to be exasperated sometimes. Like he, he's, you can tell he's disappointed that he gets this car and that the car isn't set up the way he liked. And he's like, 
I don't, I don't know why the guys at the piece do with this. I don't know how this works. Just be patient with me. And he's, he's, he's an older spy. Like he's been doing this for a while. So when he yeah. gets in the car with no keys to just be like, okay, how does this car work? Right. You'd think he would know it because it's an older car, right? But it's it's also a European car. Mm. But then he hits a button and it's this like like the 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 tape deck like flips out and it's this like high tech like dial and buttons and he's just mm. like, oh god, uh, they're not labeled. It's just six rectangles yeah. you have to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just completely lost. It's like. It's so funny. Ethan, you're getting old. You're getting I, old, <laughs> my dude. I mean, I'd, I'd be lost. To, to, right, to, I couldn't. Be honest, but Smart still. and European? I can't handle both of that type of car at once. <laughs> Give me my dumb American car. Um, But, yeah, I I, I thought the, the comedy was great. Um, the, the stakes just continue to get bigger and bigger. He knows he wants to make a jump onto this train. They speed up the train so it's moving faster. So he misses the point where he could jump on. Uh, so then he has to go somewhere else. Banji is just like, yep, just keep going up the hill. Yep, you got it. Keep going that way. And he's just like, right. Banji, there's no trail here. Where am I going? Yep, just keep keep going. And he's like, I don't get it. Where? where? And he just, there's a big... Cliff and he's just like, I'm at a cliff. What am I supposed to do? He's like, just keep, keep going. <laughs> he's just, I can't, Benji. What? It's like, he's what do you yelling at Benji? Benji can't get a word in, and Benji's like, I am trying my best. And one of the funniest bits in the whole movie is when Ethan says, "I've got to get away from this mountain." <laughs> and then he does. He like jumps, parachutes off the bike. And then Benji calls him. He's like, Ethan, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to get away from the mountain. He's like, what you told me to? Keep going. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, they're so exasperated, which is great. But like even <laughs> that from when the train stops and the bridge explodes mm. and everything is falling and they're trying oh to climb God. up and they get to the food and it like all the oil yes. is fa falling out and making everything slippery and hot it's just like oh man like it's one thing after another and and it, man just from the like now they're stuck in that one car that's like hanging by a thread and there's yes. a piano it's like the classic like oh piano God. is about to fall on them don't look up don't look down i'm gonna move over to this uh, other side and please just jump to me and they're just like i don't know if i can do it um it's like <laughs> just just do it now please don't look up whatever you do do it now go <laughs> that it's final so train tense. sequence it's such a titanic stunt i mean titanic and it's scale and its impressive impressiveness and also that it reminds me of with at the very end of titanic when the boat is just straight vertical and then breaking yeah. off and they have to go through a couple different train cars to like get back up on stable ground and i like the escalation of not just the situation they're in how far they have to go to get out of the situation and that each car has got like it's the kitchen car Welcome. Oh, there's pots, there's pans, there's knives, burners are on, there's a gas leak, there's yep. actively bubbling deep fat fryers. 
Yeah. They're on the the Orient Express, a place where I didn't know they would deep fry things. Uh, and then there's like <laughs> the piano car and you see the piano earlier in the movie. They seat it for you and you have no idea you're looking at a setup. I think this movie is very good about that. Mm hmm. They just show you things and you don't know, oh, that's a threat. That's a MacGuffin. That's going to come into play later. But when it does, you do always recognize it. And having a piano fall on you is just such classic Looney Tunes, uh, silent film antics. Yeah. I love that that's the sensibility that these movies had. I keep it's a real circus of a movie from beginning to end. So much is happening. You've got all these little. Uh, tricks and and physical bits and just like wordless beautiful comedy gags absolutely um i wanted to switch gears a little bit and actually talk about the threat in this mayo the bad guy so it's it's kind of a two-parter um right because we have this artificial intelligence that has kind of gone rogue uh and it has access to basically everything um and it is it, it's not going full Ultron where it's like humans need to be destroyed. But it's I, that's, I think, one of the mysteries that is still hanging of we don't know exactly yeah. what its end goal is here. We don't know yeah, what it's doing. Um, I love that the entity is so far just doing the equivalent of like ding dong ditching people. Yeah. It's just letting you know it's there. It's like there is a threat. I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to let you know what I want yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is terrifying, kind of. Um, but yeah, I, I think having the threat be an artificial intelligence is it, it, an interesting villain for the series, for a spy movie that that, that, mm. that almost feels like a bigger threat it feels like uh like a superhero kind of thing which i mean let's be honest mm-hmm. that's kind of what tom cruise is doing in all of these things he just all of these stunts that he does it's just yeah. like how, how 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 um but yeah it's 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 kind of just kind of baffling of of what this thing is and what it wants we see this whole opening sequence there's a good like 20 mm-hmm. minute sequence before the title card comes up and it is uh in and it, like a brief explanation of what this thing is it's a it's an artificial intelligence it's like it started out as i think like a russian defense uh thing on one of their submarines um and yeah, it did this whole thing where it like completely faked another submarine yes. on radar that was attacking this one thing, but it wasn't there. Like the whole situation was terrifying. Um, I love that cold opening. Literally cold. Great. We're in the yeah. Arctic somewhere to see a torpedo coming at you and you're bracing for impact and you're like, who sent this torpedo? Where is it coming from? Like, why can't we evade this thing? And then rise is coming towards you on the radar. It just disappears. Nothing happens. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And then the own the one you shot at it is now circling back on you because there was nothing else out there. And it's like, well, you're yeah. the closest thing. So, yes, there you I go. seek your heat. Here I come. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I think it's a good threat. It feels very modern, feels very of this decade. Um which which I I, I think was a, a good move f- mm-hmm. for them to do. 
But on top of that, we also have this kind of mysterious character from Ethan's past. Um, they, they do a few flashbacks. I don't was he wasn't actually in like the first or second movie, was he? No, no. Gabriel is so. new. Yeah. OK, um, but yeah, they we get these not even fully flashback. It's just imagery. We learn no information. Just that apparently how Ethan got into the IMF is that Gabriel killed this woman he was close to. We don't know if they were the romantic partners or maybe close friends. We don't know exactly what she meant to him, just that she meant a lot. He cared about her very much. Mm-hmm. Gabriel killed her and seemingly framed Ethan for it. Or like left him there with the blood on his hands coming to her there at the scene. And there was no other evidence to point at anybody besides Ethan. And that's when he was offered the choice mm-hmm. of you are very skilled. We can use you. You can join the IMF or you can just like go to jail forever. Basically. Um, that's it. Yeah. That's all we learned. That's I would have liked a tiny bit more context about that in this movie. I know it's on the way. Of course, not knowing everything else that's in Dead Reckoning Part Two, I can't really judge. But I would have just liked a tiny like bit more. A little bit here. more, yeah. Although I can't imagine that would be a fun like whole flashback cold open to Part Two, showing us what that was. Yeah, I it's it's one of those things. I, I also wish we had more information on that f- from earlier movies, but of mm. course, like they didn't have that foresight to put those in like movie number two or movie number four. Right. right? Um, yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. It, we, we this, it, it makes it feel very much like a movie or a, a set of movies that are about what is Ethan's legacy going to be? Um, hmm. Cause I, I was thinking about this too of like, we recently got interviews with Tom Cruise being like, I love doing this. Uh, they, they, they specifically asked him about like, what do you think of Harrison Ford's comments being like, I don't want to stop making movies and stuff like that. And he was like, Harrison's a legend. Uh, like he's doing great stuff i want to be just like him in the sense that i want to be 80 still making yeah um sure he will be i i don't think there's really gonna be a passing of the torch in a sense of like okay okay now Haley all at well is the star of the mission impossible maybe from now on right i don't think there's gonna be anything like that there might be a spin-off or like a TV show or, maybe, or something or maybe a time um, where it's more of an ensemble like Ethan Hunt's still in the mix but maybe he's doing a little less sure yeah yeah he's their handler uh rather mm. than than the one but I, I I think that's a possibility but I also think that this is going to be Ethan's story I, I don't think like I, yes. I feel like this is a franchise that Tom Cruise has such uh, a vice g- 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 rip on right he has such a, a, ch- a chokehold on this of like that's him um that <laughs> sounds very aggressive I, he has been not only be. a, like, I, a, not only a star but also a, a producer i think this was like his 
project back in the 90s and maybe yeah. it started pretty strategic like i need to have a franchise that's mine I can yeah. get the rights to this old spy show from the 60s. We can do a lot with that. And then he's developed a good working relationship with Christopher McQuarrie. And he's like, okay, no more director jumping. I want it to be just Christopher McQuarrie. But that's worked out. <laughs> like the yeah, later it's... half of the series has been some of the best stuff. So, yeah, to, like to my point, I feel like this is his baby. Mm. Like this is his. And I mm. don't know if... It's going to be the like forever franchise that like even the MCU is trying to do where they're mm-hmm. starting to pass the torch and move things yeah. along. I think that, like we will get a definitive end of of like, yes, this was the Tom Cruise era of Mission Impossible. If 20 years down the road, you guys yeah. want to, to like read boot it up and do your own thing it can be a new actor it can be something like that but i think we are like it's going to be him and so that's what i meant by this maybe and what i assume will be in the next one it feels like what is ethan hunt's legacy what is he leaving behind mm-hmm. here um and it is all about like his relationships to other people um what he means to those people what they mean to him yeah um as well as this idea of like do do you end up killing this person that basically ruined your life from the start this is mm. the g- 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 guy that started it all and the way things have worked out is you can kill this one guy and get the satisfaction that that i we know you want but also you won't get the information that we need to then stop this AI threat that will potentially destroy the whole world here. Uh, and also you'd kind of be a criminal. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. I, I, like that all, all, almost feels besides the point. Um, but it, it, yeah, it is this like emotional stakes that I, I don't feel like the villains have truly had beforehand. True. Except yeah. for like, I've kidnapped your wife. Now what will you yeah. do, Ethan? Ha Yeah, we That'll haven't had him. anything that like <laughs> goes back that far. Is this and has had that much of an impact on Ethan's entire life. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. Ethan is a fairly like even tempered person. Like it's not until Luther like pulls him aside, like as your friend, Ethan, I really have to impress upon you that you can't kill this man. And he's not necessarily accusing him of wanting to do so. He's just warning him like, don't this. <laughs> like if that was on your this mind, not get the, it not off. The best move. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you don't necessarily think that Ethan would have like Ethan doesn't seem like the sort of person to kill somebody just for vengeance. No, if it was truly like an active threat. I mean, think about I mean, when they like put Solomon Lane in a glass people. prison. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, in this, yeah. Um, but I think Ethan seems like the type to. Yeah. If we can put you in prison, I would prefer to do that. I, I would not prefer to kill you. <laughs> right, but yeah. yeah, it is very personal, and I like that. That's the angle they're taking with the entity as well. One of the most truly chilling, threatening things in the movie is when Benji is like on the computer giving Ethan directions to like run throughout Vienna. 
And he's telling him like, okay, Ethan, like go right, go left. And then the entity takes over the call. And he's like, oh, nope, sorry, Ethan, not that way. Go this way and turn around and go left and right and left and right. And Benji's screaming, no, Ethan, that's the entity. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the fact that the entity is taking over, it's not like replacing world leaders or anything like that. It is just breaking into a one-on-one conversation. Like the fact that they've shown the entity acting on a much more interpersonal uh, scale instead of a huge global scale. I think that's a great choice. And it makes it feel like so specific, so personal. And, you know, after lockdown, after spending all that time, you know, far away from all our loved ones during the pandemic, when all you have is like a digital device to connect yourself with people who are close yeah. to you. What if that broke down? I know like AIs have become so much more of an, uh, they're like part of an entirely different conversation right now. But thinking back then, what if I just called my mom on the phone and there was a chance it wasn't really my mom? Like that's more terrifying than like anything else this AI could do. I think yeah. making a great choice with what, even though we don't know the end game, I like how they are showing us how the entity is truly a threat to like tearing the team apart from the inside yeah here's not really a prediction but a a thing that they could do with this that i i kind of really like the idea of is that like this series has gotten more and well not more and more high tech high tech they've always had the masks and the high tech Mm. goggles and glasses and all 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 that stuff um but with this kind of breakdown of communications and digital devices it's it's almost forcing them to do more like old school spy stuff um which I kind of like the prospect of that, yeah. like them having to return to that style of 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 like spy stuff. Um, I, I think that's really, really neat to then almost be like, let's let's make it a smaller movie like this finale, mm. make it just real yeah. emotional, personal stakes. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I we we know that there will be a bunch of stunts uh that they they do in in this next one um the one thing i have learned about part two is that uh ethan is flying an old school biplane because it doesn't have a computer on it that the entity can hack so they're going to be doing stunts on like an old like early 1900s biplane that sounds so fun (laughs) who else is doing that Benji's flying the plane while Tom is is on the wings fist fighting someone. <laughs> They're all wearing scarves now. Like when you get in a biplane, you just have you to have, have a to scarf. Have a scarf. It's yeah. a, it comes with the plane. <laughs> scarves are complimentary. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, like I, I like that idea. Like I, like you said, like Mission Impossible is this old like 60s I, IP and even in mm. the 60s version, I'm sure they had like gadgets and different stuff that like it looks like a pen, but really it's a laser. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I want them to go back to like that kind of stuff, like old 60s James Bond era, like or like it, it is about the like you have some kind of 
weird pen device that will do something. Um, Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of seeing like how far they can get into tech without having an internet connection. Yeah. Like that area of, of techie gadgets, like with that limitation on it sounds really fun. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I think that could, could be a blast. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to talk a little bit about another good set piece for the entity, which is when Benji is to solve all those riddles. Good I one. love yeah, when he the... like opens up this cipher and it, he's like talking to Luther on the comps and he says, it says you are done. And Luther's like, not yet. We aren't <laughs> not like yet immediately... we aren't. <laughs> I love Luther's energy. Luther, Luther is just like everybody's dad. He's so comforting. He's there to lift you up. But then Benji says, no, D-U-N-N, it's my last name. This thing was, like, designed for me. And later when the entity breaks into that call and Ethan finally realizes, wait, you aren't Benji. The entity says in Benji's voice, no, I'm not, but you are done. And then then he, like, attacks Ethan. Like, I I like that twist. I like that they looked and, like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's Benji's last name? Oh, we can use that. (laughs) that's it we're done script is done right that's it they're like wait nobody (laughs) nobody's done a done pun before okay that's big on the to-do list for movie seven (laughs) very efficient they're making use of everything that they've got on the table in front of them including that yeah and when the i like again riddles I love I love the aesthetic of the riddles among all the other like clown circus <laughs> antics going on in here. Just riddles. Not enough movies of riddles in them that it, you have to solve. It was a good way to to separate the team. Um, yeah, that, that I, that I, liked I do really a, like a that Benji and Luther own. are trying to like keep this between themselves and not tell Ethan. And they have to tell him at the last minute. And he's like. Guys, a nuclear bomb is something you can interrupt me for. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> oh man! But when yeah. the the bomb asks him what is most important to you, and he says, "My friends," I it's it's a touching moment, but it's it's also kind of revealing because you realize you don't know anything about Benji's personal life. Like you you know exactly what Ethan would say. The most important people to me are my friends. The rest of the cast of the movie. But I was wondering if that would be some sort of a reveal, like, oh, does Benji have like a family somewhere we've never met? And he's like, that would be the honest truth. I just never talk about you know, my wife and kids that I have somewhere. Yeah. And then to learn that every at least our main characters are in the IMF because they were criminals of some kind and were offered this choice. Like we're learning that about Ethan. We can imagine that for Luther. He is brought in as this like sort of on the outs like hacker star but we imagined benji was just like a a guy who an it guy that like yeah yeah applied for some job on the (laughs) internet and didn't really know what he was getting into i mean we see him there like playing video games like while he's supposed to be working right if you were if you had to be on this job as like the other option besides going to jail for murder, I wouldn't imagine you'd sit at your desk playing Call of Duty. <laughs> right. Which is that's such a fascinating thing to introduce. Like how many people does that apply to? Is every IMF person we've met so far like did Brant <laughs> was Brant a criminal? 
who's Paula Patton, a criminal? Is this yeah. everybody's backstory? Is this every like little tech guy we see in the IMF office? Did they all go through this? But it it adds a dimension to Benji that's never been there before. And I am curious to, among all the other things that part two has to explore, getting to learn a little bit more about that. Like, what is Benji's story? How did he get here? Yeah. Um I, I, I we might get a few more details about that stuff in this next one, because like I said, it, it does feel a lot more personal than what we've gotten in the past. Uh, I I don't know if we'll get like a, a lot, because if you do it for mm. Benji, you then have to yeah. do it for Luther. You then have to do it for potentially Ilsa, who's maybe still alive. You have to do it for someone else. Right. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the introduction of of Grace of Haley Atwell's character. I do like Grace. Um, I will say that the first time I watched this movie, I spent most of like the first hour wondering if it was going to be revealed that she was Ilsa's sister mm. until they like actually meet each other. And then I'm like, OK, that's not it. I. I was just wondering if there was some personal connection, why we were spending so much time with her. I'm like, is there a reason why it's also like another British lady of around this age? Do her and Ilsa have some sort of a connection? Because there's also the mystery of Ilsa stole the key. Why did she do that? What did she want it for? And I think it's just because she got, she thought she got some message from her old, like MI6 colleagues that like led her to believe she needed to steal it. And then you find out that was the entity just playing her. Right. So it's not that much of a mystery, but yeah, that was on my mind during the first hour, which, I, which I like that you can spend the movie guessing about so many things. And then even after it's over, you have more to guess about <laughs> until you get to see part two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I there's, there's, yes, there's still so much that I want to know about yeah. this i i cannot wait to see how the stakes just get even higher in in mm-hmm. this next one higher um, but like really specific and personal yes. i like that yeah. that's the direction they're going yeah um uh, and if if that's the last mission impossible they make i'm i'm sure it'll be a yeah. good one if we get more of them down the road which sounds like we might um mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm excited to see what yeah. where it goes. I'd like a return more to the ghost protocol. Ghost protocol is kind of this in-between one where it feels more like the Christopher McQuarrie era of things, but it doesn't have the same gravitas to it. It's a it's a much lighter, more playful movie. I'd like if uh, Dead Reckoning Part Two was like the culmination of a dramatic storyline. And then every couple of years, we just do one more fun adventure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can see that happening for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I have to say on I, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I just have one, one final shout out. Uh, I really like the White Widow's bodyguard. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think his name is Zola. I just like watching the movie again. I noticed that he seems to genuinely care about her, be actively concerned for her. Like when it's Grace uh, disguised as the White Widow, we we learned her name's Alana. I don't know if we knew that in the last movie. Uh, And like she's acting weird and like denying the payment that Kittredge was going to offer her. Like the Zola 
seems genuinely concerned about like, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? Are you sick or something? He's not like, do I wanted that money. That money is for us. Like he seems genuinely invested in her well-being. I, I, I just like whatever that little dynamic is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, 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 he was good. He genuinely seemed to care. He seemed to be strung along though, in ways that he also didn't care. About, right, it's just right. sort of exasperated. He's Speaking exasperated. Which, He's used by Grace to like put the key in his po- yeah. Po- yeah. pocket. He has no idea. Like all of the, the, the stuff. He's just kind of there and along for the ride. He's not like doing all of these big stunts. He's not like mm-hmm. reloading his fists like uh, <laughs> what's his name did. Like he's just Henry Cavill. One he's of a just kind. there. Yeah, he's just, he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's happening? Why are you? Why did you say that? You, you right, wouldn't just, normally just say confused. that. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> I felt for that guy. Uh, I also I really like those two agents. I think their names are Briggs and Degas. One of them's just like putting his fingers in people's mouths, trying to peel off faces because he's certain that's Ethan Hunt in disguise. He's like a shoot first, ask questions God, later let's... guy, and Degas just like. Degas trying to be sensible and like be polite to everybody. Like when they have to get everybody off the train because the bomb's going to go off, he goes into the car. He's like speaking to everybody in like French, like, excuse me, everybody, we have a situation. Please calmly proceed to the end of the car. And the other guy comes in and just like shoots. <laughs> you see Degas like throw up his hands. <laughs> this is what I. Like I those two. I will say about them. First of all, Shay Wagum, fantastic. Great. Wagum is that how you say say his name? I think I've heard Wagum. Wagum, fantastic. He seems to do this type of role a lot, and he's great at it. But it this is also something I kind of noticed about this Mission Impossible movie is that. Different aspects of the film, different characters always felt like an homage to something else. Um, mm. We have Grace, who's kind of this Catwoman-like figure. Um, we we have someone named the White Widow. Yeah. Just at, at least by name, somewhat reminiscent of the... the, the, the uh yes god why my, my mind just black widow natasha Romanoff. itself yeah um god it, yeah like there's there's stuff like that he does the akira slide at the cliff um like to, to have that stuff in in there but the inclusion of these two cops feel like and i i don't remember the character's name in it but the the the, the cop that is always following lupin uh in 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 the the animes like just this he's always right there the one step behind or he gets them and then has to like somehow team up with him because there's something else happening and he just can never get him right that's kind of what it felt like and i almost liked I mean, not almost. I did like the inclusion. I hope that character returns and we get to see more of him as he's just continually chasing Ethan around the world. Um, Like, I know he's not like a small town or like a small Mm -hmm. time like beat cop like he is. I I think they were like uh, Interpol or who knows what. Yeah. Um, 
but that's kind of what he felt like is just this like small time beat cop just like now we have to go to rome now we have to go here now we god what is happening uh, book the book the book a plane like here we go <laughs> um it, yeah and i i liked that a lot i it was great. i did like seeing how other people in in the government and in similar fields think about ethan and the imf like i like seeing those two yeah. they guys like i don't know like if he's like gone rogue so many times and saved the day so many times maybe he's right maybe we just flat out like trust ethan and the other guy's like no <laughs> and then to the, the you get carrie elways in here and he's like what do you mean you just leave word with this other institution why, why can't i order them around shouldn't i be allowed to order them around and not just like <laughs> call and hope they pick up the message <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that is the whole like the IMF is just this weird, bizarre organization. We don't really know how they fit in with mm. things if they do at all. Um, and I, I like that we're starting to get more context uh, for mm. like, who they are and what they do and just the absurdity of their existence. Right. So good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think that about wraps us up for our our reaction, our spoiler cast for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. But Melissa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. There you go. Um, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. Uh, I'm on on threads at that same name as well. We are at the Whatnots on Twitter and at the Whatnots official on threads. If you want to follow us there, for watching this on YouTube, we have plenty more videos over there for you to check out. Please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. But this has been number 126 of the Whatnots Reactor Core. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.